There have been many times throughout history where God's people and people upon the face of the earth have been greatly enslaved. But perhaps today, as we look around us, we live in a time of greater enslavement upon the earth than ever before. But just as God came to deliver the multitudes throughout history through the stories of Moses or through the story of Jesus. So I want to submit to you that these historical treasures actually are there to teach us about a coming prophetic move of God that he is about to bring upon the face of the earth. And it has everything to do with what I'd like to call the last generation. I want to start off by reminding you of Moses. Moses's birth was God's response to the cries of his people. Exodus 2 verse 23. During those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cries out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel and God knew How God approaches Israel's tribulation teaches us a lot about him and how he views and approaches our tribulation. We see these words used, how God saw the tribulations of what Israel was going through. He heard their groanings and their prayers that came up to him. And he remembered the covenant that he has made with his people, the promises he made to their fathers. And ultimately, God knew. God knew not just intimately of what they were going through, but he knew what to do. God had a plan. See, it's so easy for us to go through trial and tribulation and wonder about, you know, what are we going to do and what is God going to do? And we question God because he hasn't showed up in the way we expected him to show up. But God knows he knows in ways that are higher than how you know. God's ways are not ours. And so when we don't see him do what we would do, we shouldn't be surprised because he is God and we are not. And even if we don't, if we don't understand what he's doing or why he seems a light, we must remember to put faith in that he's always on time and his will is always good for us. In answer to Israel's prayers, God births Moses into the world. But I want to submit to you that as this happens, something occurs in the spiritual realm. Satan is upset. There's something that God is about to do, a great work of deliverance. And Pharaoh is listening to a different spirit, not to God. 
and he gives a command for all of the children of Israel, the babies to be thrown into the river. But of course, God preserves the life of his chosen vassal, the one he has anointed for deliverance in the future, Moses. And Moses is saved, even born miraculously into the household of the Egyptians. But I want to submit to you that there is a parallel to the life of Christ, because just as Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, was born, Herod heard and in a similar way as Pharaoh wanted to kill the life, to take the life of the Messiah of Israel. We read about that in Matthew 2, verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says, Arise, take the young child, Jesus and his mother and flee to Egypt and be there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Just as Moses in some ways was fled to Egypt, Jesus now Yeshua is fleeing to Egypt. But now as for the prophetic nature of these events, I want to submit to you that just as there was a genocide of sorts targeted towards the children by Herod or by Pharaoh in the time of Moses or in the time of Yeshua. So there is a spiritual genocide targeted at the children in our time today now a type of genocide that desires to steal the souls from our children by stealing their identity right from them by them being confused not even understanding who they are anymore in terms of gender being attacked in terms of all of these mental illnesses in terms of confusion regarding purpose and calling and let me ask you if we see this very apparent these very apparent symptoms in our youth today you have to ask yourself why are they being targeted you see an army doesn't expend resources towards a target if they don't consider that target a threat in the same way satan is expending resources targeting the young trying to create a spiritual genocide to take their relationship with God from them because Satan, just as when Pharaoh was in charge and Moses was born and just as when Herod was in charge and Jesus was born. So today I want to submit to you that the enemy Satan is upset because God is up to something. God is raising up leaders. God is raising up a generation that is anointed to proclaim the truth. He is raising up Moses's. He is raising up people who are called to become used as Moses was used to be filled with his spirit to bring Israel out of Egypt. 
And just as Yeshua healed lepers, a people to heal lepers, just as Yeshua proclaimed the day of the Lord and salvation, he's calling a people today. I want to tell you just a little story. I walked not too long ago with my wife and a friend through a marketplace, and there is a girl there. She is and a freshman year at college and and I start talking with her and I ask her a question because I'm asking the Lord as I'm speaking to her to share with me anything about her that he wants me to know in order for me to minister to her the gospel. And so I just feel like there's something wrong with her physically. And I ask her the question, hey, is there anything that I can pray for you for? Do you have anything like wrong in your body? And as I just say that in my mind, the father just drops this thought that it's her back. And I ask her, is there something wrong with your back? And she says, yeah, I I just heard it because I play soccer and, and I heard it there. And I'm like, well, hey, can I pray for you? Because I believe that God can heal you right now. And she says, "Okay, sure. And right there, I just say, Father, I thank you for her back, Lord. I speak to her back in the name of Yeshua and I command all pain to leave now. And and I'm like, hey, and she she's like, wow, thank you. You know, and I and and she couldn't taste it out right there because it, it comes and goes. But we continue the conversation and I ask her, what do you believe in? And she looks at me and she says, I don't know what I believe. I don't know if there is a God. But she then looks at me in the eyes and she says, but I'm interested in knowing more. But I didn't she didn't even, you know, have a a miracle that she could witness there or anything like that because she couldn't taste out her back. Why is she so interested? Because she witnessed someone who believed what they said they believe, who actually had action because I prayed for her and it was like, well, he actually seems to have really believed that I would get healed. And so as she asks me this question, and I have this golden opportunity to present the gospel to her, let me tell you something about her. She is one of the babies that Pharaoh is after. She was one of the babies to whom Pharaoh commanded regarding saying, throw the baby in the river. See, there are many babies being thrown in the river all around us today. But the question is, 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 are you going to allow it on your watch? Are you going to allow these young people who are being fed lies to kill them spiritually to continue believing those lies? Or are you going to go after them with the fire of Yeshua? See, if you are listening to this, you are the resistance. If you are listening to this, you are one whom God has opened their eyes to and called to become a vessel, to become a type of Moses, to bring God's people out. 
See, God is walking among us, seeing whom will I send? Who will hear the call? Who will obey? Who will actually go out and walk out what they say they believe and represent a God that they proclaim they believe in? If your God is the God of miracles who brought Israel out of Egypt, who did all of the wonders, then are you walking him out to people around you? And are you ministering to the hurts, even the the greatest hurts to people knowing that your God is able to break the greatest bondages in all of Egypt. But all of this that we are talking about here today has been prophesied to happen. We read in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of Christ shall not come except their coming of falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I want to submit to you that the great falling away begins with a generation of youth who fall away. A generation to fall away like no other generation before it. And I'm not saying that this youth generation that we have today is the final great falling away generation. What I want to ask you is if this could be that generation that presents a great falling away then what are you going to do about it? What is your role going to be in the midst of it? You know, when we come and we stand before our father one day and it was like you were the generation. You were placed to be alive at a time like this in the midst of a great falling away. And what did you do about it? Will you be one who says, well, yeah, they deserve it. Let them go and follow that highway to hell. And and, oh, well, good riddance. You know what? Moses could have said that. Moses could have said that to regarding Israel when that he brought them out of Egypt and they were wayward and built golden calves and did all kinds of things. But he stood before God and said, God, if you want to take these sinners out, take me out too. Or what about Yeshua himself? Jesus could have said regarding you and regarding me, good riddance. Let them die in their sin, O my Father. And Yeshua would have been completely righteous even in saying that. But what does he say instead? While hanging on a cross for your and my sins, he says, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. You can be either like Moses or like Yeshua. Or you can be like Jonah, who didn't want God to save the people he was sent as a prophet to. The only option we have to battle this great falling away is to provide a solution to those who are without direction, calling purpose and full of confusion. And that is to bring them true direction. But true direction is not simply knowledge of where to go in life. 
See, we, we're dealing with a generation that has no idea where they're really going in life and what they're supposed to do because they do not know the one who made them, who gives them true direction. So true direction is not to tell them you need to do this, this, this and that. True direction is to show them how to be directed. And that's very important because for me to have true direction is not the knowledge of what I'm going to do tomorrow. For me or you to have true direction is not to know what our, our, our calling even is. For us to have true direction is to be directed day by day by the Holy Spirit. For us to receive the Holy Spirit. We read in John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is of everyone who is born of this spirit. He says that if you're born of the spirit, it's not that you're necessarily going to know where you are going. Like the wind just comes and goes and no one can tell where it's coming from or where it goes. And he says, so it is with those born of the spirit, because the Holy Spirit day by day will be guiding you. See, here's the problem, our sisters. We have not been teaching our children to absolutely rely on the Holy Spirit, even when they grow up, grow up in Christian households or go to church growing up. They're never never taught how to be directed. They're only taught knowledge and knowledge is well being good, not enough to foster a relationship with the one who is supposed to direct your life, give you identity and give you purpose. You know, just as an example, I, I remember not too long ago, me and my wife, we had a big move and we moved out here to Tennessee from Virginia. And, you know, just the other day, I actually there was someone who was over, right? And they were asking me, um, oh, so, you know, why did you move? What, what brought you here? Right. And this is a, a question that people often would ask me since I just recently moved. And I just told him, well, you know, God told me. It's like, you know, when you when you tell just the average person on the street, the reason you moved is God told you. It's like, what do you mean? You, you mean there must be like a real reason, right? Like, like, what do you mean? God told you that's your reason. Yeah, actually, God told me and and I don't even fully understand why this place yet. But I know that it's where I'm supposed to be. God told me. See, even as Christians, that is often considered a strange thing because we are not taught to rely on the voice of God. We are taught to rely on logic and reason and, the, and human wisdom. And there is a place for logic and reason and human wisdom. I'm not saying there isn't. But the voice of the Lord is my final authority. And we have failed to teach that to our children. And so they end up not ever truly being born of the spirit, yet being Christians. But then they depart the faith because they, they have never truly been directed by the Holy Spirit. And then they start becoming directed by something else. Because here's the thing, you're going to be directed by something. It's either going to be by Satan himself or God. There is only two kingdoms. There is no gray area.
1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, My speech and my message was not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. You need to recognize the big picture, dear youth and dear parents. The big picture is that God came and he has been pouring out truth on a generation. He has shown many of the parents of this youth generation we're seeing truth. He's shown him his commandments, the beauty of his holiness to walk like Yeshua did to obey. Amen to that. Praise God for what he has revealed and restored back to us. But many of our children have grown up in households where despite there has been a teaching of the knowledge of the commandments, they have witnessed hypocrisies in their parents. Because to have the knowledge of what is right and wrong does not guarantee that you would walk in the spirit. And what God is restoring today as he's restoring Holy Spirit back into the lives of those he's shown his truth to so that they can actually have the fruits of the spirit so that they can actually live out those commandments as written on their hearts, empowered by the spirit and so that they can actually walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as a witness to the God who has sent them, just as Moses walked in the power of the spirit as a witness to the God who sent him when he proclaimed a liberty to Israel and confronted Pharaoh. But this Holy Spirit baptism is necessary for us today in order for us to get a grip on our youth who are heading for the fire to get a grip on those who have lost their true identity in order for us to proclaim that they are Israel, to remind them that God is calling them out of Egypt. But it's not going to be based on your wisdom. It's not going to be because you know what the commandments are. It's going to be the same thing that Moses had, a demonstration of the spirit of God that calls them home. But in order for us to be effective in all of these regards, we need to be cognizant of a danger. The proclaiming of an always imminent end times has sometimes taken priority and caused us to miss the person in front of us. Why does it help that we have all the canned food stocked and we have all our our plans as we prepare for the end of the world, if you will. But yet when we go to the grocery store of our child or we go to the gas station of our child or we go wherever, we don't actually minister to the law so our child can witness us walking that out, becoming an ambassador of Holy Spirit, power and freedom. But then we say, but the end of the world, the end of the world, the end of the world, we teach our children that, but we don't live as if it is, because if the end is near, the true, if you truly believe that and you truly had your heart in the right place, then you would be preoccupied with what needs to happen in preparing the world for that coming of the king. That is to proclaim his coming repentance. That is to love them and show them kindness so they can see the kindness of God through you. But I want to submit to you that what we have even done is demoralized our young people because we have told them it's the end, it's the end, it's the end of the world. 
And then they have the question of, well, if it's the end, why go to university? If it's the end, why do anything with my life? If it's the end, what does my life even matter? And then we are way back in the where we all started, because even if they were without God completely, they will be in a place of what does my life matter? Being depressed, being lost. But now they even if they know God, but they're only proclaimed to have no real purpose because, well, the end is near and time is up. And sorry, you were born at the wrong time because here's the end already. You see, even if the end is truly near, I'm not against preparation and I'm not against talking about that. But if the end is near and we don't correctly teach them on what to do with that information, then they may just leave the faith because you haven't provided them their purpose. You haven't shown them who they are in Christ. You haven't taught them what Christ has taught them to do in this season. And that's not to just say, oh, not the end is nigh. The mission that we have right now is about more than waiting around. There is a current mission. It is what Yeshua told us just before he ascended. Go into the world. Proclaim my truth to the whole creation and baptize them. Become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Let them come and experience my presence of the Holy Spirit so that they can be called back home. That is how you prepare the way for his return. And if, if our children are shown that, taught that, encouraged in that, then they discover this great purpose and they become filled with the spirit that empowers them to do so. But see, brothers and sisters, how terrible of a thing it would be. Just imagine if we told them the end is near, the end is near and that's it. And the end does not actually even occur in our lifetime nor in theirs. And all that you or your children have ever really done is just waited around for that end that didn't come in your lifetime. And then you come before God one day. And what do you say? Well, God, we did a good job of waiting for you. The calling he has for us is about so much more than waiting. I want to end off this teaching with a prophetic word. God is calling individuals. He is calling children whom he is going to raise and grow spiritually, supernaturally beyond their peers. And in fact, their peers and even some of their parents will not understand the revelations and the growth that is occurring in them. Like Yeshua was in the temple and he astonished the priests. So God is raising children who will astonish the priests. And in the same way, what they need to understand is that they shouldn't let anyone keep them back from the calling to proclaim the gospel from the fire that's been put on their hearts. See, what people will sometimes do is is try and halt when God is working and doing great, a great spiritual, supernatural work of growth in someone. But what these children need to be allowed is growth for them to actually do what God has put in their hearts as it lines up with the scriptures. See, brothers and sisters, this is what we've been praying for. And this is what we are yearning for. 
but we need to allow it to occur and we need to support these children as God is raising them up, not stand in their way. For whoever resists one of these little ones will be resisted by the father. But whoever builds up these little ones will be built up by the father. If this video has blessed you, please share it far and wide.